This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your jig order. Welcome everybody to the final cast. I'm your host Josh Eldridge. With me tonight is Brian and Brad. We have uh, an exciting announcement tonight. Uh, Brian has decided to leave the final cast. <laughs> And Brad has been gracious enough what, to. Why is it that I've his... decided to leave the final cast? And, and Brad has graciously decided to bring his presence over from the reel down to the uh, final cast, in which we have. Uh, should we go ahead and tell him who's taking over on the No, uh, we'll, the we'll, we'll keep him in suspense. I think he's going to be on for that episode, right? Yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. heard back from the other guy yet. So yeah, I think yeah, I think the new host over there will be on. I know. Uh, I think me, Brad, and him are going to be doing that one. Sam's laid up. Thoughts and prayers for Sam Jones. R.I.P. No, he's good. Oh, he's good. <laughs> he's just laid up. He's laid up. He went to the doctor. Said he's feeling a little better, but uh, I talked to him today. Today's what, Tuesday? Is he going to be at the Turkey Bowl? Oh, yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there. Sweet. He'll be ready That's to good. go. He's kind of uh, in a cloud right now because he's on some medication. So. Oh, it, sweet. It, it's probably better that he's not on the <laughs> reel down this week. And uh, to follow up, oh, man, what was that? Turn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably what it would be like. <laughs> 
I'd he, be laughing the whole he, time. He's on some strong muscle relaxers and painkillers, so uh, yeah, thoughts thoughts for Sam. Speedy recovery, brother. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm leaving Joshua. Brad's Brad's moving in. And, yeah, buddy. Uh, so relieve some stress off my plate. <laughs> yep, it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm excited for this one. I know I'm I'm not much of a tournament guy, so the new guys should be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, I think it'll be a cool move. You know, I mean, you know, we talked about behind the scenes. You know, switching it up. Um, you know, Plus I've, me and Josh live like five minutes away from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and that makes sense when you guys are reviewing the same products and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I know I've spent time on pretty much every segment, and it's always fun jumping around, trying new things, seeing how you yeah. like it, things like that. So, yeah, it'll be cool going forward. We announced Dustin's saltwater segment coming out. That'll be next week, I think. He'll have his first segment up because Susie's got one airing the day before this. If you haven't listened, go listen to it. But, uh, yeah. What are we talking Sweet. tonight, Big Cheese? We are going to talk sonar slash GPS slash electronics, whatever you guys want to call it. Chart Fish finders, sharp plotters, <laughs> depth finders. <laughs> you see Brad Hicks or, cruising around in his bonafide because it looks like a battleship, and you'll have like one of those big radar things that like swivels on top of like the charter boats. Well. <laughs> Well, actually, everybody, Jay and everybody uh, said Del Hollow that uh, I look like a park ranger coming across the water in the the yeah. battleship gray. Yeah. <laughs> we were gonna we were gonna dress him up in like the dark olive green with khakis and everything that day. Just send him yeah. over to like spot check some folks, you know? Yeah. Put, put a big licenses. put a big ten inch uh, like hummingbird on there. I'd look real legit. <laughs> I dig it. We got to do that. We got to do some funny videos like that for our YouTube channel. I would dig it. Well, I'm actually moving over to do Redline next year. Oh, yeah. It's it's not going to look very Park Ranger at all. I know. So so I actually saw that boat way back in spring uh, when Jay and I were down at the Bonafide Factory. And uh, they were... I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that. Um, they were doing something unique with like water rescue and stuff. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, that's why they originally came up with that red color, I believe. Um, but it kind of stuck. I know, you know, Bonafide's come out with a bunch of unique colors and stuff like that. And, you know, they've kind of made a little wave in the community for sure. So yeah, kudos to them. I know, um, Jackson's got some unique colors for the upcoming season. Their boats, so it'll be cool. Yep. They got that uh, uh, glitter in the plastic. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I know some, that is cool. I know somebody that's getting one. <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> said he needed to match up his sparkling little new truck. So it'll be cool. But, awesome. Yeah, man. Let's dive into Death Finders. Who's starting? Big Cheese. Um, You're the Big Cheese. Yeah, you start. Uh, I've only had one. All right, I'll start. Um, <laughs> I've only had one so far. 
Um, I have a, I didn't, let me think. I think I bought it last year over the winter time, last winter. And this was the first year I've had it for a significant period of time. And I got the Garmin Striker 7SV. Um, good little unit. Um, I thought about with going with something small, uh, smaller at first, but I happened to go to a white bass hybrid fishing seminar um, here in Dayton, and Rob Orr was uh, putting it on, and he was talking about uh, depth finders and that sort of thing. He's really big into striper fishing on the Ohio River and was talking about how useful it is in tracking them, especially with side scan, and he recommended at least to get a 7, especially if you're somebody like me who has bad vision. He's like, you're definitely going to want to get something... Um, something at least seven inches or bigger because it's hard to see that side view in such a small screen if, if you're getting like a five or something like that mm-hmm. so that's what i went with um so far i've liked the unit i have a few gripes about it um and i knew this going into it but i didn't realize how kind of significant it would be but it doesn't have the capability to put a card in it so mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the ability to have any kind of lake maps. It has the ability, like, it shows that you're on water, but it doesn't have contour uh, lines on it. So it has a GPS feature, just, and I can mark, like, you know, where I'm at. But as far as finding contour lines, it just, it, it doesn't offer it. I know that you can download the Navionics, you know, app on your phone and kind of use it and sync with it. But personally, I didn't like that idea, having my phone out like that like another small kind of, you know, unit, like electronic unit to have visible like that. It just, to me, just kind of screams a way to lose your phone. But it, um, it's uh, it was a game changer for me. I know we all, a lot of people hate that word, game changer now. <laughs> but, yeah. um, it definitely, like, it took me a while to dial it in. <clears throat> I had heard that one of the things that you need to do is adjust all of your settings for, you know, so, so it's kayak friendly. Um, when they come out of the box and all the presets are in auto, it's kind of set up for a boat. So your sonar and stuff chirps or pings at a faster rate than what you should have it for a kayak. Um, so it'll take a fish that's 12 inches and make it like 20 something inches because it's just <laughs> shooting too many, too many pings at it. So it overlaps. And causes it so once i got everything kind of slowed down i started to and and not only that but it was doing that to structure so it was stretching out like the stretcher i was seeing so structure that I was seeing said so none of it all of it was like really kind of i guess blurry almost looking not blurry but i think it was just a blob it didn't have any definition whatsoever and finally brad you'll laugh at this um the day i figured it out was early spring we went up to kaiser we weren't really catching anything so i just started to play around with that thing and adjust everything and i went over where that road bed is mm-hmm. and it was the first time i could definitely tell what that was so that's um, awesome yeah but um overall i mean the the ability to have like lake maps in there would be nice um i think i just paid like around 400 for it um, so compared to what's coming out now, cause the, the cool thing about fish finders is that it's always evolving. It's always getting better, um, technology each year. 
And so units are, that have some really, really good features are getting to be at a lower price, a more like cost of effective price for somebody who might be on a budget. Like I know like the new Garmin's like that, that do have the lake maps and stuff are about the same cost as what I bought mine last year. So that's kind of cool. You know, um, it's not like much of an increase. Do you have um, like Wi-Fi connection on that unit? I don't think it does. Or Bluetooth? No. Well, I'll get into why I asked that. Go ahead and finish up. Sorry. But um, that's all right. Um, I haven't really had any major issues with it except for one. Um, it likes to seem like it stops pinging, like the like the transducer cuts out. Um, the unit will stay on, but everything will freeze and like it'll take me a minute sometimes to realize it because when you slow down that some all the fish finders kind of use different terminology for it on mine i think it's called a scroll rate scroll rate and it yeah. as it's scrolling it's slowing down the ping rate so when you're in a kayak and you have it set up for because you're only usually you're floating around at like you know a pretty slow speed i mean you could probably obviously mm-hmm. If you're going to be moving quickly, trying to mark fish, but you're going to keep going, you might want to increase it, um, especially if you're in a pedal drive and you're hitting that three to four mile per hour range. But other than that, if you're just sitting there kind of floating along, you think about it, you're not even doing like one mile per hour or something, you know. Sure. Um, but because of that, when it freezes, sometimes it takes me a little bit of time to kind of realize that it's not not moving anymore, you know, if I'm not like – that's that paying attention to what it's doing. So interesting. The easy fix that I've found, it's not easy. It's kind of a pain because of trying to, I have to pull the power cord because it'll freeze to the point that it doesn't want to shut off either. So I don't know if it's a, the head unit itself or the actual transducer. I have no idea. I, I don't know if it's a mixture of both of them or what it is. I haven't really done any research to kind of figure it out. If anybody else who has one has the same issue. How old is it? It's a year old, year and a half old. Is it? Have you checked like the cable connections into the back of the screen? Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, usually seems everything seems fine. It's all powered up still. It's all on. So um, hmm. I have to pull the power cord and have it shut down, and then plug it back in, and it'll kick back on fine. Uh, I would recommend reaching out to Garmin because I. Th- think there's yeah. a warranty period on those tell them what's going on yeah. and maybe there's like a way to reset it or something yeah so that's interesting other than that dude i love it i've been preaching at brad about it did you say you had side view or down view yeah. on that you do yeah. have side scan yeah i have side scan i have down uh i think it's down view chirp whatever it is yeah, yeah. um and, you're, and then it obviously has the traditional so and that was a big thing that I learned this year was, you know, like traditional sonar really shows the structure and so does the, you know, mm-hmm. but you can kind of tell the difference in what the fish are based off of your traditional sonar and your chirp down view. So it's um it's been a pretty interesting ride so far with it this year because I learned a lot and it was kind of cool when my trip to Dale Hollow was finally kind of marking schools of fish, like sure. even 
even when we were together, Brian, I wasn't marking schools of fish. I was marking a lot of individual fish, but it was still even hard to kind of tell because of what we were fishing. We were fishing so much like Structure. tree branches and yeah, like there was so much going on on the screen that I don't think you could really see a fish, even if it was there, if they were buried in that stuff. So, right. But at Dale Hollow, man, I came across two or three like really nice schools of fish, but, um, I did I think I hooked up with a fish in one of them, um, you know, and I didn't really take the time to sit down and then like, you know, go through my different, go through different baits to see what they would, they would bite. But the thing that kind of determined that was when we went back that night and I went and hit those same three spots, those schools weren't there. So it wasn't like I was seeing some type of tree structure or something. And then I had, you know, that it was still there. Everything was completely gone, so had moved on. So it was kind of cool. It was a learning experience that what I actually saw in the reading and understanding was actually what it was. So. Yeah. Does that model that you have have a uh, feature where you can, like, uh, chart your own lakes, I guess? Contour lines? No. I okay. don't think so. The eco like a mapping. map does. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was asking. I wasn't sure what the differences were. So, um, last season I ran a cheap little Lowrance chirp. I had downscan and regular sonar and GPS. Um, but I don't remember if the contours were on there. I want to say they were. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, with, with like you touched on, you know, with the advances of technology and side scan and stuff like that and me going in and fishing tournaments and stuff this year, that was one thing I wanted to upgrade to. Um, but that Lowrance unit, I mean, for what it was, like if you wanted a cheap little budget unit, I mean, it did its justice. You know, you could see structure. You could see some fish here and there. Um, you know, the mapping feature was nice. Uh you know, I dug it. I pulled it off my old uh, boat and uh, just converted it into the kayak. And, um, you know, Lowrance makes a decent product. But I think um, Hummingbird and Garmin are kind of surpassing them a little bit. I know they do mm-hmm. have some newer things coming out on some of their units. Uh, I think Jay's got a Lowrance right now, doesn't he? Uh, I think he sold it. I think he's moved. He's selling Did, it. I, don't know I know if he he's got selling that it. Bay Marine or not? Yeah, and that's one. Uh, that's one too. That's kind of hot, and a lot of guys are are moving over to is that uh, Ray Marine unit. But and I actually almost moved over to it until I started talking to guys, and they're like, "Oh, it's basically just like a hummingbird." So I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Yeah, so I, you know, I went with the Garmin EcoMap Plus ninety three SV, and I think the plus just means it's touchscreen rather than yeah. doing all the stuff on the button, so to speak. It's got a few other features, like I could get that live scope, which I don't know. I don't think I really need that on a kayak. Plus, it's yeah. just that's a lot of money. Super expensive. Um, but what you were talking about, Brad, it's called a quick map contour drawer yeah. or something. Um, so you can, like, if you go in and you have a lake that uh, doesn't have um, stuff mapped out, 
you can start recording and as you navigate through those waters it'll redraw the contour lines yeah and you know or um like the instance of the mississippi river being flooded a couple weeks ago when i was up there you know i remapped some areas because you know rivers are always changing right you know you'll have sand you know blow up into an area and now you got a new point that wasn't there before or something like that so you can remap um you know basically a body of water every time you go out um i know i remapped uh or i have my home lake here majority remapped um you know every time i go out i just kind of turn that on so it remaps so you know occasionally i find new things that i didn't necessarily know were there like brush piles points uh rock gravel to sand or muck transitions things like that but um that thing so i went with the nine inch screen you know i know you briefly mentioned it um with the seven inch josh you know i went with the bigger screen so when i'm looking at side scan um i can see stuff a lot better instead of like having to hover face buried in the unit to like make things out um you know that's one suggestion i will make to folks is you know if you think you want like a seven inch or a five inch or something save some extra money and invest into that bigger screen always move up from what you think you want Um, you'll thank yourself later for that instance of trying to read that thing. Um, I mean, I even still have trouble with the seven, you know? Yeah. So gosh, well, and that's the thing, like even the nine, the nine's pretty good. I mean, you can't really go up from there. I think they do have like an 11 or 12 inch screen, which I think on a kayak's kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, I usually have my unit mounted on the one handrail uh, to the left of me on the blue sky, and it's angled face and back. And if I'm really trying to look at something, I'll go to side scan full screen, because usually I run a combo with uh, map, sonar, and side view. So Mm -hmm. that's a nice thing about that. You could run those three simultaneously. But then if I want to, you know, really dig in and look at what I'm scanning, or I think I see something, I'll just touch that screen and it blows up to the whole screen, you know? Right. Um, So the quick draw contour maps is key. The thing I talked about with the Wi-Fi connection, so Garmin has an app where you can connect to your unit off your phone um, or you can connect uh, through an Internet connection and do upgrades. Like every now and then they do upgrades to maps, um, maps... Uh, some of the you know back-end technology in those units and you can upgrade them and keep them up to date it's almost like you know the difference between a pc and a macbook like mac and iphones always have upgrades on their technology whereas usually if you want to upgrade that technology you got to buy a new phone on a droid right yeah so I mean, Garmin's kind of got one of those unique things going like Apple, which I think is a key feature. Um, It does have the removable chip thing, um, but all your maps come for free, whereas I know like 
hummingbird guys, they have to go out and buy those lake map chips that are separated into, you know, regions and stuff. And for me, where I'm at, what's messed up is Illinois in one region and Wisconsin's in another. So now you got to have two different chips. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, you know, for a guy like myself who's traveling around a bunch, the fact that I don't have to go run out and buy a bunch of chips is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Garmin bought out Navionics last year. Mm -hmm. So now all the Navionics is getting integrated into all the Garmin units. So there was one upgrade that I had to buy. It was like 60 bucks, but that's because I bought last year's model. Um, And then going into this year, they had all those Navionics maps upgraded to the new units. So basically I paid 60 bucks for that upgrade. Whereas if Mm -hmm. you buy a unit now, that stuff's already integrated into the unit. So... Yeah, Garmin uh, made made a wise choice buying Navionics, man, and then putting them all all on their units. That's, oh yeah, that's big. yeah, that's big. Yeah. Totally huge, you know. Like I said, I remember uh, talking to Alan Reed this year on the road, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I got to go over here and try finding a lake map chip or card." <laughs> and I think it was when we were down at uh, Table Rock or something. He was searching around for one. Um. You know, because that was a different region. So now you got to carry yeah. around all these extra cards, you know, for wherever you're going. Or, you know, say, say, you know, like when you guys went down to Dale Hollow, say that map wasn't in that unit. Mm-hmm. And you may only go down there once. Are you going to fish without it or are you going to go buy that chip, you know? So it's kind yeah. of one of those things where it kind of hinders you. I mean, that's the one downfall I see with like Hummingbird. And I think Lawrence is the same way as well. Um, but you know, with that, um, with that app, I could send all my waypoints to my phone and then share them with somebody that has another Garmin unit. And then, you know, say Brad, Brad got an eco map and he was going to fish a lake that I had fished. And I was like, Hey, I got some spots for you. I could pull those off my unit and then like send them to him through like a text message, I believe. Well, and then you could put those on your unit. We're going to have to try that because I did buy an eco map sweet yeah so what size screen did you go with seven yeah you guys were talking crap about the seven inch i'm like why are you <laughs> no. talking about this <laughs> i did tell you right. before i said go with a bigger screen man i don't i don't remember yeah. that but... you'll, you'll be fine with the seven dude it's just yeah. i have bad eyesight really bad eyesight so and, too. And the other thing that's is... why i'm wearing glasses tonight <laughs> yeah we don't have lenses weirdo <laughs> Brian's no, trying to be a hipster tonight. <laughs> no, but, I, what, Brad, what I would recommend you do get, and uh, it's something I plan on getting this winter, is a sun cover of some sort mm-hmm. um, because that'll make a big, 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 huge difference. And, you oh, know, yeah. it's, it helps out a lot. And I think that's, I think that is, t- to be honest with you, I wouldn't think it would be so much seven inch screen as when it gets sunny and bright out there, man. Even, even if you're kind of away from it, it still gets to be hard to see just because of glare and everything. Yeah. Even with your sunglasses, like even when you're wearing um, polarized lenses, it kind of messes with the screen a little bit too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it did that on my uh, last hummingbird. I'm, I actually upgraded. I used to have the Helix Five. I went up to a seven-inch screen this time. So. Yeah. One it's thing I will say 
is that hummingbird side scan, their imaging is pretty crisp and clear if you mm. get it dialed in. Um, I know I'm still playing with my side imaging. I mean, it comes in pretty decent, but, um, you know, I'm still playing around with it and adjusting it. You know, and that's one thing, too, you know, like for the different bodies of water you're fishing, you know, just the slightest little change in any of your settings could help see or hinder what you're trying to see. So mm -hmm. I will say yeah. that, like, you know definitely play around with it i know one thing i did was i searched youtube um i typed in like garmin eco map 93 sv and a bunch of different videos came up about it but there are some guys that do like some in-depth like reviews and they go over to over all the settings and like will show you what certain changes and stuff are are will do and i mean they're like hour two hour long videos so it's hard to like absorb all that information in once, but you can always go back and revisit it. But mm -hmm. um, I would definitely recommend that. There's guys that do that for every type of unit out there, which yeah, you know, whether yeah. it's Garmin, Hummingbird, Lowrance, Raymarine, things like that. So um, I I got all winter long, man. I'm gonna study this thing yeah. all the way up to spring. Yeah. So it's huge, man. Like you know going back to the hated word game changer um <laughs> you know going from the unit i had last season to that that nine inch eco map with the side scan and everything i mean there's a lot of stuff i found this year um whether it be structure schools of fish weed lines things like that that i would have never saw without it like uh mm -hmm. That PB Smalley I caught at Table Rock, I saw a rock pile out to my right. I pitched my jig out there. It was just twitching it right down to the ledge part, and bam, it smacked it. I mean, that's cool. That was all my electronics. I didn't see the fish, but I saw the rock pile. You know, so that's the thing. It'll turn you on to some areas that you didn't know were there. And this, this said rock pile was in like 18, 19 feet of water. You yeah. Know? And it, you know, yeah, the bottom will look a little chopped up on your regular sonar, but, um, you know, with that side scan, you can really define and see what that is. So, yeah. I mean, if you guys want to step up your game and, and find some more stuff while you're out on the water, definitely look at a unit with side scan, no matter what kind of unit it is. I mean, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, as long as you got something where you can make out what that stuff is on that side scan, uh, which, you know, in return plays into that, go with a little bit bigger screen, you know, save a couple extra hundred bucks to get that bigger screen so you can see more of that definition. So, yeah. I mean, just my two cents. Have you guys used a side view in a river? No. Yes. Like a smaller river? In a what? In a smaller river? Yes. Is it a big difference, you think? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, the, the one I was fishing, you could basically see bottom. You yeah. You know, like wherever you looked. Uh, but when you get to some of those deeper holes, 
um, you know, because the area I think I was fishing, you know, it was like two feet deep. I did get to some bigger holes where you could see like some logs pushed mm-hmm. down on the bottom, things like that. That makes a difference. Yeah. Um, I know like, you know, from talking to Josh, GMR has been pretty clear lately. Um, yep. but like when we fished it, it wasn't super clear. It was kind of cloudy. It was, it was extremely that day. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, going through those deep holes and stuff like that, you know, finding some of those bigger boulders and things like that, being able to mark that and then go back to that later. Or just, you know, one thing that I've thought about doing, and I haven't done this yet, is, you know, Josh floated the river down the road from my place. I know there's some bigger boulders in there, and there's only certain times a year that you can find out where they are. I just want to do just a recreational paddle float it with my unit and just mark that stuff so yeah. i can go and hit it later you know because those smallmouth will stage up behind those bigger boulders um i know there's some underwater like points and stuff like that so um you know i haven't personally done that yet but i mean it could definitely help you find that type of structure yeah, there, there's a certain spot I have in my mind where it, it, it's seven, eight feet deep, I think, and it's like the tail end of a pool. And there's probably those big, there's probably six big uh, concrete tubes in the water. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Then a con, or, and then a car frame laying on the bottom. I just want to see what that looks like going through there on sure. a side view. And, dude, that that's huge, right? I mean, now yeah. you got an advantage. I mean, yeah. I, I had my unit on when I was on the Mississippi River. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw some some trees and things like that pushed up um, under, you know, around bridges and stuff that were sunk in, and there was trees on them, or fish on those trees. But um, side scan, man. I mean, if you want to talk about the ultimate game changer when it comes to electronics, it's when, <laughs> it's when side scan started coming out, right? Like, yeah. That is so huge because I know on mine, I think you can reach out to like 200 feet on each side of the boat, maybe even longer. I mean, granted, some of the stuff that's on the bottom, you're not going to see as much. Like I usually have mine set at, uh, I think it's 60 feet, 60 or 70 feet out each side. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that gives you pretty much everything in your casting range is my thought process on that. You know, so that's a good idea. Yeah. But, going back to that. Oh, go ahead. no, no, no. But I was going to say with it being shorter like that, all the stuff you're seeing is going to be more defined and it's going to show up bigger on your screen versus having it, you know, 300 feet out, so to speak. Yeah. So go ahead. Go back to that. Uh, the clear images and crisp images you were guys were talking about earlier. Have you guys seen, uh, the mega imaging on the hummingbirds. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about. I think it's, uh, Alan Reed's got that and it's, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking up at lacrosse and he was showing me, uh, he found the school of fish that he couldn't get to go. Um, but you yeah. could see these fish. I mean, there was probably 30, 40 fish just staged up and he was in a shallow river like you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, or a creek channel or back slough channel, whatever you yeah. want to call it up on the Mississippi. And, um, 
man, it, it was pretty defined. You could see rocks. Uh, you could see it was gravel bottom. You can see the outline of these fish just sitting there staged up. And uh, I think there was grass out of one side, whatever. But um, mm. that's one thing I will say is their side imaging, um, super clear on that unit for sure. Yeah, that I, I saw pictures of uh, Aaron Steiger. He he posted screenshots of his uh, yeah Helix Nine Mega. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, holy crap, man! Those images are amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you can get some pretty decent images like that out of the Garmin. You just got to fine tune, uh, you know, your adjustments, your settings. That'd be a good video for you guys to do on YouTube. Like, like run through your settings, because I, I kind of want to see what your settings are, since okay. we have the same. I'm down. That'd be sweet. I'm down. I'm down. That would be cool. You down? Sure. I am. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know that mine are right by any means. So. Yeah. I, do, I think I've got mine extended out like between 60 and 80 also, yeah. like on the side view. I figured I, I had it like way short for a while. It was only like 20 or 30. And then when we went to Dale Hollow, <clears throat> I extended it out because I was like, man, I'm not seeing what I kind of noticed is I was kind of close to the bank line, you know, and I was yeah. like, man, I can't see where it ends. Yeah. So, um, I extended it out and then realized, Hey, you know, might as well keep it out like that because like you said, don't go too far. Cause I mean, you might be able to see something out there. You know, if you want to take a look out, you know, you can extend it out, but yeah. if you're trying to target and cast at something that's on your side view, you're going to want to bring it in. Cause there's no, you know, no reason to have it out that far sometimes when i'm like on a new body of water i'll ex extend it out to 100 150 feet to see if i could see some stuff and then i'll go over and fine tune that in i'll drop it back down to 60 when i'm getting close and kind of run over it see exactly what it is or you know say you're running down a lake and you're looking for a deep weed line you know just kind of scan in to see where it's at you know yeah. on that side scan on the bottom of the screen, you'll have marks like 20, 40, 60, or like when you're closer, you know, it'll be like 10, 20, 30, 40. So you can kind of gauge how far away that is. Um, you know, and it's the same thing. I think when you go up to 100, 150, it goes up in like 20 or 30 foot increments, you know, to just kind of give you a gauge of distance away from the boat. But um, I you know that side scan feature and then not only that that quick draw contours i mean that that's pretty cool um yeah dude i remember seeing that on a youtube video somewhere and i'm like i wonder if i have this and i'm like i went into my unit and i'm like i do so i started playing with it on my home lake and i like started finding like points and stuff that i didn't know were there or a little oh. like um you know like little humps or depressions mm -hmm. things like that like you just never knew we're there but you know because there is a, a contour map that's put out through my neighborhood but it's pretty basic um and now if you look at the map like on my unit you're like yeah this looks absolutely different like it's hmm. totally different so yeah. yeah dude i really want to do the the quick draw on some of my floats yeah 
I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, that would help find the deeper holes. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, your, your river levels are going to change all the time for sure. Right. But you know, those depressions for the most part are going to be there all the time, unless you get some huge like flood where the water's raging in it. It's either going to dig it out more or fill it in with all the sediment rolling over it. Um, but at least it'll give you an idea on where those areas are for sure. Yeah, I noticed just playing around with my new Garmin. I I would I would scroll over on the map and look look for my river. There is some contours on the Great Miami River already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was cool. I didn't know they had those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and now you can fill it in and fine tune it to what it's at. Yeah. You know, so which I I think those contours are where the uh, uh, water gauges are. Would that make sense? Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, just because, you know, usually, usually water gauges are by dams. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's where some of your deeper spots are going to be, but you got to remember those, depending on when those measurements were taken, they're probably a lot different now. Um, Oh yeah. You know, GMR isn't that big of a river. I mean, it is in areas that I've seen, um, but... I would say because it's not like huge like the Mississippi where you're going to have areas that don't really change much. Um, you know, it'll give you a ballpark idea, but to go back and float through that stuff and then remap it, I mean, that's clutch. You're gonna, yeah. You're going to find a lot of stuff that you used to pass over and never even knew it was there. I know. It's going to be awesome. Which is going to wait. Yeah, I can already tell by the look <laughs> on your face. You look like a kid at a candy there, store. You're like, yeah, new PB. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy the way technology has come. I mean, you know, we always talk about, like, success is, you know, usually that comes with a lot of time spent on the water. But I think nowadays in age with the technology we have in our units, like, a lot of that contributes to our success. If you know how to read your side view, read your down scan, read your sonar, things like that. I mean, that makes fishing. It's funny. Um, uh, my good buddy Scott Purse, you know, he's like, it's 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 like making fishing a video game, you know, because you get this yeah. big screen and you see these fish and now you're trying to, you know, target them and things like that, which, it, you know, it is in a sense. It's like adding another piece to the puzzle too. I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't make it easier necessarily, but you know. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it just opens up a whole new world. Like I said, you're going to find stuff that you never knew were there. I mean, I've lived in my neighborhood here for like 8 or 9 years, I think. And I'm just now finding stuff that I never knew was there. And it's stuff I always passed over, never That's fished. Cool things like that like the sunken trees i knew there were some trees out there might have fished them a half a dozen times some of the lakes on the on those garmin uh units they have those sunken trees marked yeah as like fish attractors yeah and you'll see uh road beds marked submerged, yeah. submerged bridges things like that you'll you'll see a lot of that stuff on there for sure that's cool yeah. i uh, i definitely want to fit try to fish all that next year because i'm not I'm not really used to fishing offshore. Heck yeah. 
It's going to be fun. Heck yeah, man. Offshore fishing's fun, dude. Especially if you figure it out, you know. Start running a shaky head over some humps with some grass or... Yeah, running a jig over some sunken well, trees, and then setting, that is what me and Justin hook did. like you're like ripping a fish's face off. <laughs> no, that that is what me and Justin did when we uh, went down to that Dale Hollow trip. Well, we kind of worked together. Me and him were finding where exactly the weed lines were, and uh, he he was he was kind of marking one side i guess i was marking the other side we would say all right line up with that tree and then float back this way and sure that's where the weeds would start and we were catching fish right in the middle of this creek channel nice doing that so yeah i mean that's something i used to do was use um you know like uh land markers to find my spots Mm -hmm. you know especially when we were going out ice fishing you know like i'd be like all right well I fished and I was in front of this house and then I could see that house over there on the other side. And I was yeah. kind of in this area, but it's like, it's funny. Like this past weekend I was out fishing with Jay and I'm like, yeah, I need to go run over here and mark some, some tree structures, uh, for winter, you know, he's like, Oh yeah. I didn't think about that because that's the thing too. Like I won't use my depth finder. I mean, I think I can get, uh, an ice transducer for it, but what I can do is bring that unit out there um, on my cell block for the GPS portion and find my spots while I'm out on the ice. That's a good idea. And be right over trees fishing, you know, banging fish. So That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get ice in Ohio. <laughs> Josh is going to come out ice fishing. We Sounds talk. fun. I'd do it. We talked about it today. Come on out, man. Come on I out. will. You could, you could put a hot dog on a tip-up to catch a northern pike like Jay Randall. <laughs> Josh didn't believe me. I had to send. Oh, if you guys go on our YouTube channel, there was a video from uh, this past winter. Um, you know, Jay showed up at my house, and he was like, dude, I saw this thing. Like, you can catch pike on hot dogs on a tip-up. And I was like, what? Like, are you on drugs right now? And he's like, no, dude, there's all kinds of literature out there. And he was, like, all gassed up. He stopped at the grocery store across the street from my neighborhood. He bought, like, three different kinds of hot dogs. He's like, look, I got the good all-beef ones. I got these cheap, like, turkey dogs and, like, all this stuff. Dude caught a huge pike. We ended up chopping it up and making it into tacos later that night. But, Yeah. Jay Randall, the king of catching pike on hot dogs. So. That's Too awesome. I, I wonder if that's what him and Mike McKinstry did when he went up there. No, I forget. He was telling me they – I think he was throwing some big swim baits, something like that. But yeah, Cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something too, you know. Like, guys in the north, if you're looking at a unit, like a lot of these companies do make um, – ice transducers that'll hook into the back of your unit so if you want to use your depth finder for the winter for ice fishing things like that um you can utilize that too so i know um that's one thing that's overlooked by some of the guys in the north you know converting that over i mean i have a flasher i run a vexilar flasher when i'm out there but the thing i'm looking forward to the most is 
using my GPS features for those trees and underwater structure that I have marked from this past year. So that'll be yeah. huge. That'll be huge. Yeah, that, that is a real good idea. Because if you're 20 feet off a tree, you won't catch fish all day. But the guys that are right on top of them slam fish all day long. I mean, that's how big of a difference that makes. So um, mm. that'll be a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh. Josh's face. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Yeah. Oh, it's all right. I don't care. I say it. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't know much about the Ray Marine units other than um, I know uh, the Godfather had one uh, last season. And I know he had some issues where it was, like, kind of cutting out. Like, it would just, like, turn off. Hmm. And he contacted them, and they were like, yeah, we know it's a problem. We're trying to fix it. So... From what I've heard, though, this year, uh, a lot of guys have had great success with those things. You know? Yeah, it's, it's all the rage right now. Everybody's – it seems like that's the way everybody's going right now, that and Garmin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally agree. That and the, the higher-end Hummingbird with that side view <laughs> being so clear, a lot of guys are running that too. So. Yeah, I, I think I went with the Garmin Ecomat because – I feel like they had a little bit more to offer, and it was cheaper than all the other ones. Yeah. 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 No, that's so. the thing, too. Like, so when I bought my Garmin, I got it on closeout because the new units were coming out, and I got an incredible deal on it. That 9-inch, I paid $618 after tax out Jeez, the door. dude. Out the door. I paid more for mine. Yeah. That's so, crazy. I got a crazy deal. Uh, that was through Gander Outdoors. Um, and part of that was because I was a rewards member there. So I think I got like, you know, if you spent X amount of dollars, you got an extra 100 bucks off or something. And yeah, this and that. And plus they were on sale. So, yeah, I got a pretty, pretty incredible deal. So that is crazy. I'll take that all day long. I think I paid seven fifty for my seven inch side view. Okay. Okay. You'll yeah, because I think I think the nine inch is normally like nine ninety nine, right? Yeah, Something I was like looking that. at it. Yeah. I was looking at the other one too. I, I can't remember I think it might have been the nine plus, but it didn't have all the ecomat features and stuff. Okay. Okay. But it, it had side view and stuff. I, I was looking at it. I'm like, uh eh, I really I really want the lake maps. That was well, the big thing. The the plus is just takes the buttons out of it and turns it into a touchscreen. It's got all the same features. It's just it's a touchscreen versus uh, having to use the buttons to scroll through stuff. I'm pretty sure because I have the EcoMap Plus. I didn't think the plus, or maybe it was the Striker Nine. I can't remember. Yeah, what probably probably the Striker. But. Strike, yeah, it's like the Striker Nine Plus. It didn't have the lake maps, so I was like, oh, I'm not gonna go for that one. Yeah, the Plus is a nine-inch keyed assist touchscreen chart plotter sonar combo. <laughs> chart plotter. That's a funny word. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> no. I, 
I don't know. Brian's uh, about to figure out something his sonar does he didn't know before. He's like, oh, crap. No, I was just reading what the back said. Um, hey, I actually did watch your video uh, recently of you installing that on the uh, dry pod. You want that dry pod? It's yours, man. I mean... It's yours. Okay. okay. I'll bring it to you. Turkey Sounds Bowl. Good. 2019. Sounds good. <laughs> no, uh, ooh, crap. Um, I don't know. I guess I could talk about the hummingbird helix a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's a popular really one touch, that folks have. Touch. Yeah, touch on that. That one, uh, I didn't have side view or anything on it. It was just regular sonar and uh, down imaging. But I, I, I really liked it a lot. Uh, I think the first first year I bought it was 2017, and then I brought it up to Minnesota. And it was right after I started learning how to use it and stuff. And uh, watching Kurt Smith's videos, he's a big uh, hummingbird guy. Uh, he broke it down, show, showed you all his settings, showed you how to read it and stuff. I, I brought it out to this Minnesota lake. I started marking what I thought was fish, so I I started throwing like the crankbaits and stuff out there, you know, and. Uh, started catching fish i was like wow this is awesome i've never actually been able to like read a fish finder like that because i be, before the hummingbird i i went from a lawrence mark four which was a traditional black and white sonar i don't know like three inch screen i don't know if you guys seen those or not mm-hmm. yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah that i i didn't trust that thing because I, I would float over logs and it would mark it as a fish so i was like paid 99 bucks for it or something stupid so then i upgraded to the uh uh elite 3x i think and it, that was the cut it was like the color version of the mark four and uh i didn't trust that one either because it was doing the same thing i'd float over a log and it would mark it as a fish like what's going on here so i was like all right finally i'm i'm getting away from this stuff i'm gonna get me a good uh unit so i i looked into it found the hummingbird helix and bought that and i I was impressed with it right off the bat i mean like i said started marking fish and catching fish so nice can't beat that the uh screen quality was great on that one uh i mean the down imaging that that was the big part that was the main reason i upgraded to that because that was like the big thing around that time period you know i I don't think side view was really really a thing uh, it was a thing i think but it wasn't as big yet yeah it wasn't developed yeah but yeah that that down imaging that that was awesome seeing all that structure and everything yeah well and it's cool because the traditional sonar you know will mark everything yeah. yeah in a sense right yeah like so like a log or some vegetation can look like a fish, but when you look at it in your down vision, it you'll you won't see that. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where you know that that's a fish because all that thing's marking is the fish's air bladder. Now, if you see arches and weird stuff, and those same things show up in your down vision, that's mm-hmm. that's an actual structure, right? From that's what I've understood from it so far, is like when you see real structure it occurs on both screens but if you're seeing something that occurs on your traditional and then you see it on your down vision it's it, it doesn't show up on down vision like that but then you'll see it like in your say if you have side vision a lot of times you'll be able to tell it's a fish 
Yeah. The, the That's thing... how I was able... What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the thing I noticed on the Humminbird Helix uh, 5 that I had was the, the fish really didn't look like an arch. It was more of like a blob or a bigger blob, you know? Sure, 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 sure. That's another reason why I wanted to upgrade to a Garmin, because I've seen Josh's uh, uh, screenshots, and I'm like, yeah, those are real defined arches. There's no doubt that's a fish. So, But the Humminbird Helix, it was like blob, blob, blob. I couldn't tell sometimes if it was a fish or not. Huh. It's kind of hard to read, but... I but, hear. I mean, if you're a budget guy and you, you want to get a fish finder that, like, works, and, you, like, you can learn it, really well i mean i i would really suggest that hummingbird helix 5 i liked it i dig it yeah yeah i dig it it's kind of crazy though brad like how you we both like when you learn like how much you're actually not seeing when you're just using down vision yeah you know like if you're only in a couple feet of water that thing almost becomes useless <laughs> yeah you know yeah so at, at that like, point i'm just using it for depth and and like water temperature <laughs> right but I, I i can't imagine like side view in like uh shallow water i mean is that like something big yeah yeah it's i mean it's, it still works like it is if you're in like really shallow water and it extends out really far mm -hmm. but a lot of times you're not seeing that you're gonna see depth changes you know like say we were when we were at uh Hale Hollow, you know, their depth changes happen real quick. You know, we were sitting there throwing up on that bank line and five to ten feet off that bank line, it was dropping another ten feet like right away, remember? And so you can kind of, you can see that stuff. You can see the ledge even like on on your side view. So hmm. um, <clears throat> it, it like that's the weird thing about like, you know, we were talking about with rivers and stuff like that is how well will it pick up inside you? There's a lot of guys I've talked to who are like, oh, man, it'd be awesome, the river. And I'm like, I just, like, you know, I'm like, I don't see that it would help me that much. But I've also never really taken it out and utilized it like that. Like, a lot of the times I don't take it out because I'd get tired of pulling it up, you know, up out of the way so many times. Or Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, the one that switchblade. Yeah, but, I mean, that that would be... That's an easier way of than what you had had to deal with, you know, because you don't want to have that side view underneath your boat tucked up underneath there because you're going to pick up the edges of your boat. It's going to block a lot of your view. Yeah, I, I do know a lot of guys put blocks like if they do put it on the bottom of the dry pod, they put blocks to lower the transducer even more so it doesn't uh, scan your boat. But then you have to pull that pod out, you know. When you get through some of that shallow water, you don't want to clip that thing on the rocks. So. Yeah. Yep. But Br Brian said when he installed his on the bottom of uh, the dry pod, you, you weren't getting any readings on the boat, right? Correct. So How did I've... you have? <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, so was... there's a bracket that comes mounted or a mounting bracket that you can use for a boat um, that comes with the unit. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I mounted that to the bottom of the pod and then the transducer um, mounted to that, obviously. But when 
that is in the water, it sticks down maybe a half inch past the hull. Wow. So, you know, you'd have to be in pretty, pretty shallow water to rub that transducer or hit like a boulder sticking up, you know, going through some rapids, things like that. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it never picked up the hull. It always read below. So. Yeah, I've heard guys having to put blocks under there that are like two, two and an eighth inches under or you know you know what i mean for that space got you covered bro got you covered that's awesome you be good that is awesome i i have that bracket that came with it too so well i got that bracket still mounted to that pod that i'll give you so all you got to do is bolt the transducer on run the wires and you're good to go nice it's it's even got a, a mini muddy mount on the top so you can use the yak attack depth finder lock and load mount on it yes those are awesome yeah it it was a it was a great little setup you know and i had that arm so you could either move the unit forward closer to you Mm -hmm. or like i would do that when i was side scanning but when i wanted to uh just fish and just watch the sonar and stuff i would push it back towards the front of the boat and uh would totally get a good reading so that's cool yeah You'll dig it, man. It's a good setup. Yeah, that, that'll be another episode, Josh. We'll have to talk about that uh, lock and load system. Yeah, lock and load's I a good, love good lock deal. And load, man. I dig that, man. It's uh, it's a nice feature that uh, Yak Attack came out with, you know, so that way you're not having to unscrew, like, your rod holders and stuff. You can just pop them off. Like, you know, fishing with Jay this past weekend, he had his big rig out, and he's got the ram tubes. So he's always got those things in, and they're just kind of like he'll lay them down or whatever. But I don't know. To me, it's nice to clean your boat and not have to worry about something blown off or blown out or something like that. So Yeah, Justin uses those ram tubes, and it's a pain in the butt to load his kayak with those on. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just it. You can't stack, like, another boat on top of it. Like, Jacksons are made to stack on top of each other. So if you were throwing them in the back of a pickup truck. But now if you're doing that and you got those ram tubes on there, now you're worried about breaking something, ripping a gear track out, something like that. So, And that's what's nice about the way I had that pod rigged up is you could just, you know, pull that little rubber tab in the front pop the clip in the back and pull that whole unit out now your whole depth finder unit is in that pot you can throw it in the back seat whereas now i pretty much have the same thing but i'm on the yak attack cell block with the switchblade arm i mean it's basically the same thing so i like the options that yak attack offers for for the depth finder stuff for sure makes life way easier they have so many options for everything yeah they're all i I love them they're awesome (laughs) for sure that's for another review episode yep oh i think that's all i have man same here that was pretty in-depth no pun intended yeah segment i like the pun (laughs) we chart plotted yeah Yeah, we we, we chart plotted our way through that thing With 466 uh, megahertz chirp. We're technology. finally to the waypoint, boys. Yeah. 
This is what I'm talking about. Spicing up, <laughs> spicing up the final cast. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll go ahead and go through all of our uh, show notes stuff. But, um, you know, you guys can come check us out. Uh, the podcast website at www.paddle, the letter N, fin.com. Uh, follow us on our social media at paddle, the letter N, and fin. It's the same through, uh, through Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you have any questions or anything, you guys want to have any products review out there, anybody's got these small companies or big companies, reach out to us at paddle, the letter N, fin, at gmail.com. Um, you know, we'll get you set up, send some product in, we'll get it reviewed. We'd really like some people to start submitting some products in. We really want to get guests on here. We don't want free stuff. We want to talk to you about your product. So please reach out to us. Um, you know, we'll go over all of our uh, show sponsors. Um, Rocktown Adventures uh, up there in old Rockford, Illinois. Uh, super awesome shop. I got to visit up there when I went and saw Brian. Love that place. Loveland Canoe and Kayak down in the Cincinnati area. That's me and uh, Brad Shop. And um, check out Hammered Lures. Eric's got some new stuff getting ready to come out. And also just remind you with Eric's uh, Recycled Plastics program. Uh, uh, mail your uh, used beat up plastics to the address in the show notes and Eric will get those melted down and make new baits and get those donated to Heroes on the Water chapters. There, also check out... There is a, go ahead. A, a new bait he's coming out with. And it's yeah. got a relationship with the podcast. Oh. Just saying. Be ready. All right. Be ready? All Be right. ready. I'm ready. Uh, Fish Mob Lures, our boy, Jay Randall, here in the shop making some killer buzz baits. Uh, I got... A chance to throw those recently and i love them i haven't caught a fish on them so jay you're gonna need to make some improvements <laughs> <laughs> calling your boy uh, out shots yeah, fired <laughs> all right trc covers and last but not least jig masters jigs uh check out uh, jig masters you use the code pnf20 for 20 percent off your order Get out there and order them because we are coming up on the last day in October in two days, and he has free shipping through the month of October. So well, I if think, you can get those. I think the day this airs is the last day of the month, right? Because Friday's the first. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, I always forget. Yeah, so the day this airs, guys, last day for free shipping. Yeah, and then with that code, that's twenty percent off, man. So those jigs are awesome. We all love them. So. Also, uh, um, also our stock order of paddle and fin TRC covers are coming in. So if you want some, jump on there, shoot us a, a private message or something along those lines to get your order in. Otherwise, you're gonna have to wait when we run out until we restock. So yeah, get on it. I know you guys are kind of sticking with this with the reel down, but just a shout out to Duke at Catch uh, their tournament series. You know, it's going to be starting. What, is it going to be year round, or is it going to start back up in the spring? No, I believe it's going to start in March. From when I talked to David Brook, start in March. Yeah. But check out Duke. Uh, go do us a favor. Go follow Catch Outdoors. That's uh, you know, the stuff that Duke's been doing, the video shoots and stuff like that with his team guys. 
I know uh, when we were up at the trail championship, he was following around Jamie Dennison, and uh, I think he was following around one of the other guys. I forget who it was. Um, but Duke's doing some awesome stuff, some awesome videos. So uh, go over, follow Catch Outdoors. I know they're on Instagram, and I believe they're on Facebook as well. But, uh, yeah, shout-out to Duke and the crew over at Catch. Also, you can go on the Catch website, and uh, you can get the Paddle and Fin logo put on your board. So it's in the drop-down menu option. Um, so you guys can definitely go go over, add that to your board. You know, if you wanted to put it on the fence where, you know, your fish touches the nose, um, that kind of helps, you know, show that your fish's mouth is closed and things like that. So um, definitely go check that out. Hit up the catch boards, boys and girls. I can't wait till we get ours. Shh. <laughs> we, we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> but when we get them people are gonna know so yeah buddy so with all that good stuff being said guys tight lines smooth paddling not smooth lines tight paddling <laughs> no that's what Brian says yeah he's dyslexic <laughs> tight lines Brian's smooth nice. paddling <laughs> He's like bumpy paddles and loose line. <laughs> this is the bass fish of a noob segment. <laughs> Till next time, guys. Tight lines, smooth paddle. What's up, boys and girls? Just wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about the paddle and fin gear. If you haven't seen it yet, go to paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Go click that store tab at the top. Check out the store. We got tons of t-shirt designs, long sleeves, hoodies, phone cases. You name it, it's on there. Give it a gander.